Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. I'm Kevin. And I'm John. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look back at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. (laughs) Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these cult 80s and 90s action movies and breaking them all the way down. We're going to get into the nitty gritty and examine the good, the bad, the ugly, and the laughable in these movies. But as always, we're coming from a place of love. You don't watch these movies as many times as we have unless you have a genuine affection for them. doing brother i am great how are you doing i'm doing good too um a little behind the scenes we're uh taking a crack at some remote recording here that's right we've been uh stuck in our homes quarantined if you will i've got kevin's beautiful mug pulled up on a facetime screen (laughs) checking you out baby (laughs) yeah so yeah, I, we couldn't let a little thing like a global apocalypse, though, keep us from uh, talking about this fucking awesome movie. Keep us from talking about it and keep people from listening to it. And, and this is where we want to encourage all of you uh, earnest, regular listeners to cue your friends and get them listening along so we can all be having the same great time together. Yes, I think I think if you're a, an aficionado of the 80s and 90s, uh, cornball action movies you know this movie well it's um 1989's kickboxer oh man the first entry that was somehow good enough or so people thought that it spawned inexplicably an entire franchise of kickboxer movies (laughs) There, there were a bunch of loosely connected movies that followed this all bearing the name kickboxer yeah. But this is the original and I mean the crown jewel of the franchise 100%. If you can call it a franchise. Yeah, we loosely we'll call it that for now. <laughs> yeah, the um, movie is a Mark DeSalle production. Yes. Who also apparently came up with a story with the film star Jean-Claude Van Damme. Is, is Van Damme, is there anything he can't do? No, he was involved in every step of every process. He's sort of Stallone-like in that regard, I think, you know? <laughs> And um, I, we've already so yeah we talked about their first uh, foray together, which was Bloodsport. Yeah, listeners Incredible. may remember Mark DeSalle as Jackson's schlubby friend from the gym at the beginning <laughs> of Bloodsport. He was also oh, yeah, the no. producer of that movie. Well, yeah, we didn't realize at the time, or I didn't anyway. But um, he also's got a cameo in this movie that we'll get to pretty soon. Um, and then he also, I think, did uh, produced or directed the movie Death Warrant with Van Damme uh, a little bit after this one. Right. Um, and this was all just a year after Bloodsport, and they decided that just to get the whole band back together, right? They just went right. back and asked whoever was involved from Bloodsport, let's make 
lightning strike twice, you guys. That's what it seemed like. There's two directors credited on this movie. The other guy is David Worth, right. who was the director of photography on Bloodsport. Yeah, he's, so, a, he's also yeah. Um, director of photography for a couple of other favorite 80s movies of mine, The Inner, Inner Space with Martin Short. Oh, that's a good Dennis Quaid And a, a movie that you and I have referenced but never seen together, but it was one of my favorites growing up, Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins, <laughs> starring an unlikely Fred Ward as an action star. That's just a wild... Um, yeah, this guy's got a resume. Yeah, it's it's He's got crazy. highs and lows. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, there are lots of similarities between Bloodsport and uh, Kickboxer. And yeah. it's, it's a wonder to me that Frank Dukes didn't sue to Sal and Van Damme or more likely just threatened to beat their asses. <laughs> so it's starring, of course, John Clinton Van Damme in the title uh, title role of the kickboxer. Kurt Sloan is the character's name. It's crazy. Van Damme, as we said, also got a story credit and he choreographed and directed all the fight scenes. So busy man on set yeah. for this one. I read on IMDb, maybe you saw the same, that Chuck Norris was attached to play the role of Kurt. That's at some point that, that Norris had a relationship with Menahem Golan um, based oh, on, right. I think, the Missing in Action yes, movies. Yes, that was like one of the big ones that got canon off the ground at first. Yeah, and but that uh, Golan was just dead set that Van Damme was playing the part, so they wouldn't <laughs> give it to Chuck Norris, which if you think about it, I mean, Norris was probably 40 years old. Right. It's just a little Maybe older. Playing yeah. the little, the little brother. Maybe they would have re- rewritten it. Golan wanted to see those flying roundhouse kicks. Oh, dude! Yeah, he believed he in them, man. He believed in them. <laughs> well, I think he. I think uh, time history has proven he was right. Yeah, uh, the movie also stars Michelle. Kisi, I guess maybe you pronounce it. He plays complete rat bastard Tong Po, though in the credits it says <laughs> Tong Po is played by himself. Yeah, I, that was must have been some sort of like a. You know, marketing stunt uh, or something, to, I would think, like, right? This guy actually exists. Kesey and Van Damme I, apparently were childhood friends together. Back in Belgium. In Belgium. <laughs> Both, you know, had their hearts set on making it big, and they came to Hollywood together in 1982. Um it's kind of awesome that they both, you know, more or less made it. Oh, they willed themselves into a motion picture career. I think that's crazy. That's the American dream, baby. They both had a, an appearance in uh, another canon film, uh, Breakin', as just like background oh. dancers. I've never seen it. Uh, you've probably seen the gif of Van Damme in a unitard sort of dancing Maybe. behind some other people who are breakdancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah. Not, um, if not, just Google that. But <laughs> I will. So do we have a problem with the with Kesey? who is Moroccan stepping in and playing uh, an Asian well, man? I think definitely now it doesn't fly in this day and age. I think that uh, casting has become such that, you know, it needs to be someone, it needs to be more authentic and it probably mm-hmm. wouldn't, it wouldn't fly now, but in the eighties and even, even as recently as like a decade ago, like uh, in theater and things like that, people playing other uh, ethnicities was, you know, common practice. So cool. Then not cool. Now <laughs> they say that they say that they were just having a hard time finding a very tall Asian Muay Thai fighter, right? Which is, you know, that sounds somewhat believable. That's plausible. Yeah. Yeah. They did just a lot of prosthetic work and makeup sort of effects to give him an Asian uh, eye, I guess, yeah. for lack of a better phrase. It's, um, it's not a great facial prosthetic. Um, 
it doesn't or, work on close-ups or an even good one yeah he sort of looks like a swamp monster <laughs> close up it's like <laughs> um the guy yeah. she plays an amazing villain though yeah he's he is intense as fuck for sure he dials it right in also in the cast we had dennis chan playing yep. zian Yep. who has like a ton of credits on IMDb. He's got 82 credits, mostly a lot of schlocky sort of martial arts stuff, it seems. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Eric Sloan, uh, played by real-life former kickboxing champ Dennis the Terminator Alexio. That's kind of right? cool. So bring some credit to it. Yeah, I liked it too. Yeah, he, he did You could definitely job. tell, like, when he was delivering kicks and stuff, he had some real yeah, he fighter's was, power. He was trained, for yeah. sure. I want to talk about uh, Winston Taylor played by Haskell V. Anderson, uh-huh. who he's, he still works. Not a ton of uh, credits on his resume, but he does a lot of TV, I guess. Um, the screenplay by Glenn A. Bruce, who went on to write for Baywatch and Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> on to bigger and better things. That's right. <laughs> oh, dude, and we have, of course, I know you're the music fan yeah a lot of a lot more original tunes by stan bush yeah uh and and uh i, I do love some stan bush and then an original <laughs> motion picture soundtrack by Bloodsport alum paul herzog they brought him oh, back nice. for this one same guy i enjoyed the score on this one yeah i did too some great trivia about this one uh kickboxer was re- released in certain markets as karate tiger part three <laughs> so one I wonders saw, like why I read that <laughs> uh, shot on location in Thailand production lasted only 50 days uh, from June to August of 88 and cost between 1.5 and 2.7 million depending on which source you believe and insanely Kevin grossed 14.7 million domestic and 50 million worldwide this movie this movie $50 million I mean, dollars worldwide. So between, yeah, Bloodsport and this, it just catapulted Van Damme to the mountaintop, I yeah, guess. Of I like, this dude's a bankable action star. Yeah, this sealed the deal for Van Damme, for sure. If Bloodsport wasn't enough to wet your whistle, then seven <laughs> to eight great splits in this one is what did it. <laughs> what, um, which of those two movies do you prefer? Between this one and Bloodsport? Yeah, which, which one? I'm a, I'm a Bloodsport guy to my core that's cool i think that this, a, this is a, a better guy this is a better movie like from a production standpoint um but yeah i'm just a i have a soft spot in my abdomen for blood sport <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like whichever one you were exposed to first for sure and i feel like i feel like i saw this movie first on hbo it was one of my very first r-rated movies i think i ever saw this in die hard on some free hbo trial right or something and, and i was just equally in love with both of them and thought they were both action movie equals <laughs> absolutely this movie though beloved is nothing like a good movie <laughs> um man i want to talk about the flick all right. I guess we should. We've wasted yeah. everyone's time to this point. <laughs> if you're still listening, thank you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess we'll talk about the movie now. Um, if you're not having a delicious drink, we suggest that you do so. It, it'll make it seem more like you're in your living room <laughs> <laughs> with by, us. Your, yeah. by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is trying, challenging global time. Um, yes. <laughs> so anyway, plot movie opens with some crowd noise at a fight and 
and the title kickboxer flashes up on the screen in some big ass video game-ish letters and we immediately open up on a fight in America, presumably, where kickboxing champion Eric Sloan is having yet another successful title defense at the ISKA Championships. Yes. And he it's is such a cheap ass set, dude. Uh, it was it, like the cheapest. It's like put together with chewing gum and toilet paper. Um, <laughs> Eric is rocking both mullet and perm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like. It's one of the worst fights I've ever seen on film. It was just the most boring. Um, the other guy's yeah. not doing anything. So. I think in the in the two rounds of action we see, he might try to throw one kick or punch. But so, yeah, he's just standing there getting beaten up. Getting the shit kicked out of him. Eric's brother, Kurt, is working in his corner. And Kurt is super impressed with what Eric is doing. Yeah, man. <laughs> we get the super ineffective, wow, that's all we get from Sean. <laughs> <laughs> so uh one thing is i read somewhere but it was not in the credits someone said that one of the two ring announcers was david worth the other co-director of the film which seems plausible um yeah speaking of that uh, dialogue between the ring announcers it is primo <laughs> the, ch- the champ is really awesome that's a great that's a he great is. line right <laughs> he's an awesome champ He's definitely the Eliminator, the other guy says, which is oh, yes, a, Eric, the Eliminator Sloan, a nod to his real life nickname of the Terminator, I guess. Right. Um, Eric makes a Babe Ruth like prediction between rounds that he'll knock his opponent out, <laughs> which, of course, is exactly what happens. It helps that the opponent is just worthless. Like he's a, basically a punching bag out there. He's. Yeah, I think I could knock this guy out. Um, Eric Sloan wins the bout um, in 38 seconds in the fourth round and retains his championship. Did you notice the other guy working Sloan's corner? I did. The guy like sort of off to the edge of the screen, just just fist pumping and hamming it up. He had a fanny pack on. Yeah, I think he, he had bare bare feet. He probably like <laughs> works in their gym or something. <laughs> I just I love the thought of like your cut man or whoever it is. is yeah, totally. got the fanny pack on. It was the 80s. It was, it was. the 80s. It was a beautiful time. Um, after the fight, reporters are asking Eric why he doesn't use a trainer. And he says that his brother Kurt is all he needs. I love that <laughs> that he that he tells the reporters that apparently Kurt just wants to be a vet. He says he's going to be a vet. I say he's going to be a lawyer. Well, I'm going to kick his butt. And it's like, I just was thinking like Van Dam is not a young guy no. in here. He's, I mean, he's not old, but he's probably 30. Yeah. He's it's like, it's time. a little, but it's a, li- it's a little late in the game for one to have your brother telling you what you're going to do with your career. And then for two, like, you don't get a whole lot of freshmen in law school or freshmen in vet school, probably at age 30. That's true. That is fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I just, I wondered if they were meant to have been a younger cast. I don't know. In all likelihood, yeah, we can say that. <laughs> but this is also the era of like Saved by the Bell or in, in Beverly Hills 90210 where 30 and 40 year olds are playing 18 year olds and everyone's fine with it. <laughs> that um, would be funny if we find out that they are meant, the two characters are meant to be like 19 and 24. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, didn't, uh, Dennis Alexio, Eric, it looks like he could have been somebody's granddad. <laughs> <laughs> 
He got started very, very, very young. <laughs> the reporters ask what's next for Sloan now that he's beaten everyone in the U.S. And he says it's time to take it on the road and beat the best in the world. That's right. That's right. Um, and this is when some schlub reporter asks, a, <laughs> asks about Thailand. <laughs> that schlub, that would be Mark DeSalle. I love. Our director slash producer slash writer. I love the line. I understand kickboxing was invented there and they're the best at it. Talking about Thailand. <laughs> Which it stands to reason, yeah, that they, they would be the, well, is kickboxing the same as Muay Thai? Uh, that's a great question. Based on my notes here in front of me, it's just, <laughs> isn't it just Thai boxing? So I don't that's know. That's what yeah. I would think yeah. was it's not literally, I mean, it it doesn't look like the Muay Thai that, that Tong Po is fighting later or the other fighters that we no. see in Bangkok. It looks a little bit different, um, but I just love that quote. I understand kickboxing was invented <laughs> there from what I've heard around town, I guess. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I understand. There was no Wikipedia back then. No, We're this, on the street. <laughs> and this information is apparently news to Eric, who's ostensibly been kickboxing most of his life and just now learned that it originated in Taiwan. Outstanding. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> He's not a student of the, of the game. I suppose not. Um, but then just some classic American machismo. Eric tells Kurt to book him a couple of first class tickets to Taiwan and they'll go <laughs> show him what's up. That's right. And they, they, he sort of, I think Kurt uh, corrects him and says, yeah, Bangkok. And Bangkok? he says, Bangkok, Taiwan, <laughs> Tokyo. What's the difference? I'm kicking ass wherever I go. Yeah. That eighties uh, kickboxing money must be good. Right. <laughs> and I mean, this dude is he's bought into his own hype. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, he is. I feel like he's fought it. strictly. It's pretty easy when you're fighting dudes who don't seem to be able to to punch or kick back. I also noticed in this scene that the championship belt magically transferred from on Kurt's shoulder to in Eric, Eric's hand, like in the blink of an eye. They're very <laughs> it was fast. like it was behind him. The camera was maybe over the shoulder and it's on. Kurt's shoulder, and then it cuts to a shot head on, and then Eric is holding it. Kurt was a ninja in another life named Frank There was Dukes. probably, I think there might have been some incredibly, they cut out the really racist stuff. Potentially, <laughs> potentially. So this conversation precipitates montage number one for this movie. Oh, it's a montage yes. of the Sloan Brothers touring around Bangkok to Stan Bush's excellent song, Streets of Siam. <laughs> <laughs> that is a catchy-ass song. It I is. need to download some of these for sure. Yeah. They're good for like a workout playlist, if nothing else. <laughs> um, it is heavy, heavy synthesized pan flute, right? Yeah. And uh, whatever else is going on. Some like gamelan <laughs> percussion in the background. It's really, really, it, but it's it works. It's awesome. It's very 80s-tastic. Um, we see the Sloan brothers in a water taxi where JCVD <laughs> is rocking that denim on denim vest, no shirt, yeah. jean combo. We got to start. Yeah, we need to start with the wardrobe. <laughs> Van Damme's look was incredible. Oh, man. Eric had a tropical print shirt on. Uh, he's got that dark curly mullet, like extra, extra oily or slick. Yeah, he did. He looked, you, you mentioned Saved by the Bell and he looked like AC Slater he with does. a mustache. He does look just just like AC Slater. I mean, or it's like older pervy uncle or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Axel Slater. <laughs> uh, we do get some great photography of temples and pagodas in yeah. Bangkok. It is interspersed this montage with like really awesome sort of scenery that yeah. you really transport you there. And then just ridiculous 
bullshit. <laughs> like, well, like naked children swimming. We're about three to four minutes into the movie and we're seeing little boy dicks. <laughs> um, Just like a long lingering shot on some naked boys playing in the water, jumping in the water. Well, it seems to go from good photography to the blood sport method of capturing B-roll, which is to just <laughs> just be candid and not tell any of the locals yeah. that you're shooting. I got to wonder who made the decision that that shot of the naked boys, it stays in the picture. It's sort of National <laughs> Geographic-esque, though. It makes you... Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's not it's like, like salacious. No. It's just It just makes you stop and say, why am I seeing this in this movie? Agreed. Agreed. There is there no other B-roll that you had? No kids wearing <laughs> shorts that were jumping in the water. There's also a little bit of acting happening between the Sloan brothers. Some fraternal shoulder squeezing during the boat oh, ride. Right. They were very touchy feely. The Sloan Bros. They they didn't oh. grow up together. <laughs> we'll find out later. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> Make it up for lost time. <laughs> then we find ourselves in downtown Bangkok, suddenly in the red light district with. Yes. <laughs> With strip clubs and other establishments named things like Firecat. Pussy Alive, Jugs Bar next door to with, the with Coke. Jugs ne- Bar with Coke next it's door like to Coca Cola logo next door to the Thigh Bar. So you've got options. I guess you got options. <laughs> one would what assume. You, uh, <laughs> never mind. One would never assume mind. that those are actual trade workers in the world's oldest profession that they got in the B roll. Uh, I noticed the Kangaroo Club. <laughs> oh, also, man. such good names. Um, during this montage <laughs> and earlier, we see that Kurt is essentially Eric's valet and buying things <laughs> with we guess Eric's kickboxing fortune. I don't know. Maybe their parents were well off. I'm not sure. But Kurt is in charge of holding Eric's wallet the whole time. I guess he's booking. <laughs> Fights, he's tipping the motorcycle cab. He's buying flowers. He's always following Eric around. I don't know. Does, is Kurt in charge of also paying the hooker? Yes, 100% he is. <laughs> Eric's first order of business. It's like, let's go. I need to, I need to hook up with a Thai hooker. Uh, in, out in front of a place where a poster says, go, go girls, hot stuff for lovers. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I love, I love as Eric gets, I guess, the affirmative from the hooker he gives that thumbs up he's always like yeah she said yes to exchanging sex for money i'm getting crabs tonight and like kurt is just tickled yeah he gave he gave uh he gave the girl the bouquet of flowers that uh that kurt had bought off the old woman uh, on the water i think uh, he's like he tells him kurt pick the bouquet that you think would be most impressive to a prostitute and then kurt's like skeezy arms akimbo sideways smile it's like yeah brother you pay, you pay for that intercourse like he is he, he is proud um of his big bro eric the cab ferries them up to a place called the hotel regent as eric's walking off to get chlamydia uh kurt reminds him <laughs> kurt reminds him that He's fighting the Thai champ next week. Eric is unconcerned. <laughs> He's like, don't worry, I won't be showing any symptoms by then. <laughs> yeah, Kurt tells Eric to watch his wallet, which is weird because I feel like Kurt has Eric's wallet. Um, and Eric, Eric says, she doesn't want my wallet. She wants to make it with the champ. I wonder, I'm like, and again, Kurt seemed very impressed by the swagger of his brother. But uh. it's like... Do you, is that what you really think? <laughs> oh man, this movie, rewatching this movie a couple of weeks back has reignited a passion in me. Wait, re, re, <laughs> I wanted to hear how this sentence ends. Re, rewatching this movie has ignited a passion in me to 
unironically used the phrase make it to refer to sex. <laughs> you said that to me yesterday. <laughs> and I'm like, define make it. <laughs> anyway, it uh, means it's time to make the sex, Kevin. <laughs> it's time to make the sex. Wait, tell me this. Did Eric use a condom? No. <laughs> There's no way in hell. There's no way in hell he used a condom. Oh, my God. Yeah, he definitely caught something. Um, Definitely. Um, This is a little spoilery, but the good thing is in his defense, he'll never feel it. (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, Yeah. It's like no itching here. No, no burning. No itching, no burning. Everything's fine. Um, later, later that day, or maybe the next day, the Sloans are training together in a park, which also kind of looks like M. Bison's palace is in the background. Oh, dude, the whole, all these on location things in, in Bangkok are incredible. It's so cool. Um, we get a long ass conversation, which is nothing but exposition. We hear that Kurt was raised by their mother in Europe while Eric was raised by the dad in America. And they ostensibly were divorced. Um, it's always weird when two characters are having a conversation where they both already know all the details of what's being said. That's when, I, that's when you know it's exposition. It's like, is this the first time they've ever had this talk? It's so weird. No, no chance. So we hear that Eric was pushed to excel by their dad at athletics or else Mm -hmm. he got called a loser. But it It sounds like the dad was a fucking real piece of work. I'm wondering if he was like maybe like he was in the military or something like that. Is sort of the vibe that I get. I could definitely see that. Yeah, he he hooked up with the mom overseas or something. yeah, Yeah. But yeah, it sounds... That sounds like a rough childhood for our guy, Eric. Yeah. It explains a lot. Yeah. It, and, but he says it made him strong. And we learned from Kurt that their mom was a mom was a special lady, too. Which, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, she pushed Kurt to speak three languages and to take ballet mm-hmm. before karate. So there we get that Kurt knows karate. It's strange that they're having this conversation as if they've, yeah, they've never talked about this before. So dumb. Um, But anyway, (laughs) but I love the exchange of, I really miss her. He's like, I wish they could have been here to see me win the championship. It's like, wait, they're both dead. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That also just stretches belief. They killed each other. They killed each other. (laughs) Oh Um, Oh my God. I love, um, dude, I love Kurt's delivery. Well, big brother, they could never get along, but I'm glad we do. And that just sort of sews the whole package up. End of exposition. And then he's immediately gets distracted by a bird. No one knows why. <laughs> yeah, I don't get um, Kurt's distraction by the bird. He just goes over to an older guy with a bird in a cage, and he's just sort of poking My at the cage. My only thought is that maybe he's supposed to be this innocent younger brother. He's sensitive, and right? he also has, maybe this is his aspirations to be a vet on display. Oh, <laughs> good call. He's like, that bird looks sick to me. <laughs> um, so they spar a bit and Eric gets mad that Kurt isn't hitting him hard enough. Which I would think if it's, you know, a couple of days before the fight, you really don't want to accidentally catch a kick no. in the face. But either um, way. So Eric shows him some powerful kicks. He tells him to put the pads on and just starts like ripping into him while he's wearing those pads on his arm. That's power kid. He does. And you can see the power. You can see the power. You can tell that this dude, Alexio is a real fighter. And then we also get this great line from Jean-Claude that I still use to this day that I think, I think you and I (laughs) quoted this all the time in college, but whoa, take it easy. 
Like, <laughs> I can hear that line in my head anytime same. I want to. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, a crowd oh. has assembled to sort of watch them work out. Um, and that's not far fetched. Uh, I've seen that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised there wasn't like press around and photographers from yeah. the newspapers or whatever. of um, locals to watch the Westerners hang out. Um, later on, it's suddenly fight day. So we assume that like a yep. week has passed by this time at the arena. It's sort of a crazy wild scene. There's loud music and raucous fans. Kurt is sort of observing, right, that the the style here is much different than what he's been fighting. Yeah, in America. So he sees these couple of guys in the ring. Right. And it's very, it's very much closer contact. They're in a, like they are, they're in a clinch yeah. basically. And just exchanging knees yeah, to the anyway, ribs. The close contact and the kneeing to the torso really confuses Kurt. And he warns Eric, Hey, this is a different style, buddy. Eric is not worried and sends Kurt to find some ice. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to have this. Punch ice. is a punch. A kick is a kick. Um, he's not worried about it. Kurt's wandering the halls yeah. looking for the yeah, so ice he's gone machine. To, he's going to look for the ice machine and is drawn to a Tyrannosaurus Rex in Jurassic Park style thud somewhere in the building. Um, yeah. I like that. I do yeah. like the atmosphere um, as he's coming up on the room where he finds Tong Po kicking a column, but it's all like smoky and stuff. Dude, yeah. The shit is so effective when he's approaching the doorway and you sort of just can see uh, Tong Po's like braid whipping and you're like... And, yeah, he's just drawn to it like a like a like a siren, yeah. you know, calling him so or something. Kurt peeks around the corner and sees Kurt peeks around the corner and sees Tong Po just kicking like a support column. I mean, it's got drywall around it, but he's just kicking this thing, and the ceiling yes. is crumbling, like plaster is falling. It's amazing. We should describe Tong Po's look. Yeah, he's like a, I mean, a tall, tall yeah. dude. Head is shaved, but except for a long ass, like sort of ponytail that's braided, yeah. just coming off the crown of the head almost. Yeah, it's. Pr- I mean, it's down to his yeah, waist. It's very, right? very long. Um, and we get yeah, first look at Tong Po's face. Michelle Kesey's facial prosthetic. He's got some sort of scarring. It seemed like on his face, or maybe it's just bad prosthetic work. Tong Po turns around and sees Kurt ogling, and he does that weird fist clinch flex thing and you hear joints like crackling and cracking and stuff and yeah. Kurt is freaked out. I think I think Kurt probably wet his pants <laughs> and then and then ran back to warn Eric. Yeah, he filled his pants up with poop and then ran away. <laughs> oh, well, he did get stop for ice on yeah. the way. <laughs> now, I have I have a question. I understand that this all takes place in the days before the internet and that they didn't have access <laughs> to internet regarding the champion maybe of all of Thailand's Muay Thai scene, but no one in America knows who Tong Po is or has any intel on the guy? I don't know, man. Yeah, it, it does beg the question. I mean, the ISKA, there's no way they sanction this fight. That's what I'm saying. It's like, who set up the fight with no reliable information to share regarding the opponent? And they threw this thing together, like, within a, a few weeks, it seems yeah. like, from his last title yeah. defense. I just find it hard to believe that Eric's manager, if he has one, or whoever said, yeah, yeah call Thailand and set it up. You're staying at the Regent check-ins Tuesday. Fight's a week from Wednesday at 11 a.m. Bye! And just, like, sent you really they <laughs> somebody really dropped the ball on this just shit. just crazy so anyway yeah kurt gets the ice successfully and runs to warn <laughs> eric and, and t- tells him about this fucking crazy person that he saw i saw the look in his eyes the guy's crazy yeah, eric's just he's not even concerned with that he's just rubbing himself with that just ice. weirdly what icy. what is that accomplishing is he numbing his skin i i don't know is it, i i couldn't even i could never make sense of it and i was really trying to understand what how the ice 
helps him fight I don't better. Get it, but he does give a shout out to Atlanta, Georgia in this little scene. Yeah. Um, says that the crowd's going to love this fight, just like Rocco and Atlanta. Right on. Eric, Kurt is like just pleading with him to please cancel the fight. He's talking about, uh, you know what Kurt or Eric's Eric says something about his legs. Yeah. It's all in the legs. You know? <laughs> and he's, and uh, Kurt says legs. This guy was kicking one of these with his fucking leg. Blah! And the pasta was falling down. <laughs> Eric is not concerned as always. So what can he move like me? And then he does this, the weirdest fucking thing in the entire movie. He does all these like really fussed shuffle and like, like shadow punches. And it's making this like slick Vaseline. It's, it's a like, sex noise. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's so gross, but it makes me giggle. Anyway, um, I know he is not but listening. Basically, to Kurt. Right, he says, "If you're not going to help me, then you can just leave." Yeah, right? If you're not, you're either with me or go the fuck home. So, okay. Kurt reluctantly says, "Yeah, fine. I'm here to support yeah. you, champ, and I'm going to see you through to the end," which is momentarily. Um, <laughs> cut to the ring. We see Tong Po preparing, uh, doing some kind of ritual while Eric shadow boxes and shows off his belt that means nothing in Thailand. Um, <laughs> They're not, they don't seem impressed. No. And so uh, I, I looked it up, and this is a pre-fight ritual that's a real deal called the Waikru Ram Moi, which is a student show of respect and gratitude to their teachers, parents, ancestors, fighting style and stuff. So... I thought that that was interesting. So despite Tong Po being a crazy ass that he was at least in touch with the traditions behind Muay Thai. Yeah. It's very very interesting. Now, did you notice that, uh, Eric's chest is now clean shaven and it was hairy in the locker room. I did not notice that. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that's just, it's maybe, just like, oh, sure. Okay. Maybe that's why he was icing himself down. Cause he wanted, he wanted Kurt to give him that straight razor shave on his he chest. He didn't want any stubble. He, he wanted to, <laughs> he didn't want to scratch his opponent. It's not maybe. fair. Um, but yeah, so that's how, that's how Eric was focusing on his pre-fight final preparation. <laughs> um, so after after all the pre-fight ritual, it's suddenly go time, and the yes. music picks up lickety split. Tong Po starts moving across the ring, and the bell rings as he's moving. He is on route. Yeah. So I'm, does the bell guy like just? Is he waiting for Tong Po's cue? No, I think it, I just to me it makes it seem like. Tong Po is just like, I'm going. I know when the, like, I won't touch him until the bell rings, but I'm going to be moving in the meantime, just like calculated. Like, that's crazy. It was sheer domination. Oh, yeah. Eric gets one. Eric gets one kick in that Tong Po catches and then just it's punch after punch. Um, Kurt yeah. is obviously very, very concerned. Um, an elbow knocks Eric to the mat. Tong Po is getting the crowd riled up very Chong Lee style. Um, yes, the crowd <laughs> loves Tong Po. Yeah. And then Eric gets his Eric makes it to his feet and comes right at Tong Po with some kicks, but gets neutralized again pretty quickly um, with some fucking headbutts. Have you ever headbutted anyone or been headbutted? Um, playing soccer. Yeah. yeah, but not like in a fighting way. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine just headbutting somebody. That's crazy to me. But you're anyway. as likely to hurt yourself, right? As you are to hurt the other person. But maybe not if you're a expert in headbutting. If technique. you're trained. Yeah. If you're trained and know like where, which part of your head to use, I guess. But Tong Po gets Eric on the ropes and is absolutely devastating him with. I counted 23 uninterrupted knees to the ribs. <laughs> 
seriously. Like, it was, yeah. No, it was wild. And it was also that the way it was edited together was just a continuity nightmare because he had his Tong Po sort of had on half the shots. He had uh, just his hands are sort of behind Eric's head yeah. and was hitting him with the ribs. And then the other time he had one of his arms up under Eric's leg. It sort of had him, you know, lip where he's on one leg and is giving him those knees. But maybe yeah, it's there, unclear. Maybe there are even more knees to the body that we just didn't maybe see. So they, they, they had to edit it down for time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he beats the crap out of Eric before flinging his limp body to the mat. The tie fans are all about it is a yeah. wild scene there. And then we see a couple of shady looking characters looking on from like a balcony from some rafters. Yeah, We don't know who these dudes are, but they seem to, I guess, to be like authority figures. Yeah, if their faces don't say shady, that one dude's blue silk shirt and pendant necklace do. <laughs> um, the fighters go to their corners at the end of the round. Tong Po is chill cool as a cucumber eric is somehow conscious which i have found to be incredible now as an adult just uh, he's somehow conscious and able to stand um if i'm kurt and and he does like i'm doing the same thing i'm thinking throwing throwing the towel like that eric is outclassed here he does not know what's half of his ribs have to be broken yeah by now after just the end of that round um Eric's complaining about the music and the elbow to the to the face. <laughs> he is. He's like, that fucking music's driving me crazy. But Kurt's trying, Kurt tells him, he's like, that's just how it is here, man. It's no yeah. holds barred. You kind of, you, elbows and knees, that, that he said that, yeah, He's like, I tried to warn you. Like, that's, yeah, that's how they fight here. Um, so Eric says he's going to show Tong Po what's for with some street fighting. And Kurt begs him one last <laughs> he's time He's like, motherfucker wants to street fight? I'll show him. <laughs> um, Eric, again, denies Kurt's request uh. to cancel the fight, which is... He can't cancel it. He can stop it. Can't cancel yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, there's no way. Kurt should have dragged Eric out of the ring. Oh, yeah. Like, there's nothing left he to should be have, He should have jumped in the ring and gotten with the ref and or, and just told him, we're stopping this. I don't care it's what's very happening. It's very much, it's the Drago and, uh, yeah, and it's, Creed it is, fight. It's Rocky Four for sure. Yeah, it's just like, dude, why are you going back out here? You're dead on your feet. Yeah, and he had nothing to prove, like Apollo. <laughs> Like <laughs> ostensibly. So the fight yeah, he's resumes. got nothing to gain, everything to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tong Po lumbers across the ring like a Chong Li machine. I guess it's, mm-hmm. it's no accident that they're very similar villains. And then it just punches and elbows to the face and one yeah, last he drops kick, him quick. And one last kick to to knock Eric back down. Kurt throws in the towel, but Tong Po is not having it, right? <laughs> Eric is on his hands and knees trying to get up and Tong Po drops an elbow on his spine, which if Kurt was trying to stop the fight, is that legal? Probably not. Should have the fight should have been stopped. Um, It doesn't matter. Yeah, the fact that Tong Po, if he kicks the towel out of the ring, that doesn't mean that the towel wasn't thrown. The referee should have been and the ref was right between them. Like I rewound it back. The ref is there. He sees it. Yeah, he's letting it happen. But I mean, I guess the whole fight. There's some some other things at play we don't know about yet. Perhaps, yeah. There and I just it's like why no repercussion from anyone. Um, also, at first I was like elbow to the spine, 
complete paralysis. Like, uh, I, I, like I mean, if you got, I guess if you got hit just right, it could sever your right spinal cord. But the crowd, they're into it. Yeah, the crowd's into it, and it's not until this moment that the ref starts to show com- some concern over the the injured fighter in the ring. Kurt tries to confront Tong Po. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Hey, asshole, yeah. asshole, you can't do that." <laughs> and then um, uh, Tong Po sort of flings the two guys holding Kurt back aside and just. Yeah, gut kicks him right out of the yeah. ring. Kurt lands in the lap of um, Black American guy in the front row. Uh-huh. Um, who is Taylor, played by Haskell V. Anderson that we mentioned before. Um, yeah. And then Tong Po picks up Eric's belt and rips it in half. I guess it's not high quality leather. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's, that's... There's yeah, that's that's literally impossible. You can't just tear leather. No, maybe it's um, but vital. also I don't know. <laughs> well, Kurt, like what he so yeah, he's he pleads with uh, Taylor, whose name we haven't learned yet, right, but he pleads American. with the guy, you know, take us to a hospital. And Taylor says there's two more fights. <laughs> there's how is this not the main event? <laughs> That's a great question. The <laughs> this American is their champion versus, champion the, versus champ. the American champion. We got two more fights after, though. Uh, that's a great I don't question. Even know. Yeah, that's all that had me like how there's no there's no other fights after this one. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, Eric gets that's a, that's a great point. Eric gets carried out <laughs> on a stretcher and the shady guy with the silk shirt um, is he signals oh, yeah. for, for the guys to get rid of him. Basically, just like what? Take him quietly around back which is exactly yeah. what he means he's like take that body out back and do whatever they've gotten what they wanted out of this guy now just like put him in the alley yeah so the the stretcher bears just leave eric on the curb outside the arena um <laughs> and they go back inside closing the gate behind him so yeah <laughs> which is not great for eric who likely has what multiple broken ribs a broken oh, spine dude, he's internal he's bleeding all types of internal bleeding yeah, yeah. Kurt, concussion yeah. surely kurt is frantic trying to hail a cab um ask for the guy to take him to the hospital and the guy they there's a language barrier obviously and then a mm-hmm. blue van comes from behind and like bumps the cab from behind and it like starts to roll off down the hill, <laughs> which is kind of awesome. Yeah. Um, the American yeah. guy from inside hops out and says he'll take him to the hospital, which is there's he got out of there into his vehicle fast. Yeah. It's nice of him to have that real quick change of heart. I know. And I was thinking to myself, Taylor also is definitely drunk, right? Well, I I feel like Taylor (laughs) pregames before he does anything, which we'll learn later. But yeah, he was pregaming probably. He has, I love that there are escorts in the van. (laughs) He did. He had a couple of girls. And and that they load, as they're loading Eric into the van and get him in, he like shoes the ladies away. Bitches never get enough of my stuff. (laughs) Well, when they put Eric in the back and close the door, Eric just visibly moves his feet. Oh shit! Like he visibly pulls his feet that. in as they're closing oh, the door, man. and it's like, come on, maybe right, he'll guys. maybe he'll learn to walk again. The the guy <laughs> the American introduces himself as Taylor, and immediately a non sequitur. I'm ex special forces. I'm sort yeah. of retired. You're riding the fast wheels in Bangkok. Yeah, and then they they speed off to the hospital with the unsecured, not immobilized, <laughs> gravely injured man rolling around in the back of that sweet Mazda van. He is rolling around back there. It's like some weekend at Bernie's shit. And that is, friends, where episode one in our series of Kickboxer oh, ends. Oh my god, I'm already exhausted. That was a lot to unpack for awesome. sure. 
And we haven't even seen Van Damme fight yet. No, that's pretty right, awesome. awesome. Yeah, very, very yeah, cool. Yeah. This is great. Friends, we hope that you'll pick it back up with us again next time for your COVID at home listening pleasure. Uh, we yes. wish you all well. Stay at home, wash your hands, have a beer, and uh, and we love you. All right, we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>